When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. And Peter Dowdrell, the IrishGuardian.com, uh, joining us this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Trish. How are you? I'm very, I'm very well, thank you. And we're going to get straight into uh, questions. Poor old John Inkel Michael says, Hi, Patricia. With the last few years, I've scarified my lawn with a petrol scarifier from us. I always spread a fertiliser afterwards just to help the lawn. But I've noticed this year, it's worse than ever. It's like walking on air at the moment. Uh, thanking you. Any advice from Peter? Welcome, please. I can't give much advice except what he's doing, if I'm honest with, with you. Um, it's just, moss is, per- is particularly bad over the last 12 months because it thrives in a warm and damp climate, which is exactly what we've been enjoying for the last, well, all the time, really. Um, scarifying it, which is, for those who, who aren't used to it, is just like a mechanical rake. You're kind of raking out the thatch out of the top surface of the lawn. That is really the best thing you can do for the lawn. It allows air in and, a, you know, it should remove a lot of the moss. I wonder, when he says he fertilises it, I wonder what he's using. So uh, if you remember, I think it was last week we had a question. Somebody was wondering why the, f- the farmer's fields are always moss-free and our lawns are full of moss. And I suspect the answer is because they apply lime to it. So if you, you, you can get products that will, or even just garden lime onto the lawn, which will increase the alkalinity of your, of your soil, which will make create conditions that moss doesn't like. So if you're using a fertilizer or a lawn moss killer or weed feed and moss killer that's got sul- sulfate of iron in it, that will only compound the problem in time because it makes the soil more acidic, which is exactly what moss wants. So I wonder if you are using a sulfate of iron based fertilizer or if John is, uh, maybe change it and maybe maybe just use a garden lime and see if that helps. OK, back scarifying again and let us know how you get on. Could you ask Peter, please, do, you, do daffodils need sunshine to flower? Mine are in the shade facing north and I'm wondering now, will they flower? They do need sunshine, let's be honest. I think um, uh, if they're in heavy shade, then no. Like, I mean, they'll tend to flower. Tend, they tend to be pretty forgiving, but if it's heavy shade, uh, that that would is probably what's stopping them from flowering. There is a, a possibility, obviously. We have this every year, Trish, as you well know, that when people will, will say my daffodils have flowered in the past, but no, they're not. And that is a case that they could be gone blind. So if these ones have flowered before, but it's not, now they're not flowering, then it could be just that they're gone blind. And what that means is that the bulb has got too congested underground to lift them and divide them and, and replant them. But if they've never flowered there, I suspect because it's, it is not enough sunlight, Yes. OK, let's go back to moss on grass. Somebody, Liz, has the very same uh, problem that we've just identified. Uh, she wants to know when does she scarify it and wants to know, do I use moss killer before I scarify? I don't. So the, the, the answer to the first part of the question is to scarify in March. You could do it in March or September. 
No, it's not a, it's not a hard and fast rule like most things in gardening. In other words, if you come to the first of April, that doesn't mean you can't do it. But ideally, the best time is March and then September. The reason I would go with March in preference is because the lawn looks terrible after you scarify it, uh, and in March, with the the hopefully increasing temperatures and better weather, it'll recover quicker than it will in September. So, um, I don't use a, a moss killer beforehand. No, uh, I might put on a, a moss killer or or just garden lime afterwards. Uh, but not beforehand no I don't but you can, again you can if you want Okay P- Breda in Mallow could you ask Peter please is now the right time to cut back my holly bushes I'm trying to make a thick hedge from the holly bush it is they are full of berries as the birds didn't eat them this year it's top heavy I'd like to give it a good bit of a cutback. is now the right time God, I'm surprised to hear that the berries are still there yeah, the berries are still on mine too, actually. Oh, there, and there was quite a lot of berries on them this year, yeah. Um, the answer to the question is yes, because you've kind of got to find enough, find enough window because they'll be flowering soon for next winter's berries. Now, realistically pruning it at all, you probably you may well prevent the flowers coming, but um, they're not on it yet. So I would say yes, over the next few weeks is the time to do it. But then, of course, you are removing berries. So if we do get a cold spell, uh, which we might might do, you may remove some, some bird food. But... Um, uh, I would say if you want to cut it back to thicken it up, then do it now, yeah. Okay, John and Kilmichael with his moss problem and scarifying it, and so he's walking on air, is back quick as a flash to say uh, he puts 10-10-20 fertiliser and a granulated lime every year. On oh, well, John, John, John and Kilmichael is doing the right thing. Well, I, I'd, I'd lay off the agricultural fertilizer because there's no need for it. Um, I would, I would just go with the the garden lime, um, or the, the granulated lime, and and leave it at that. I'd say that should be enough for it. Okay, two questions in on a red robin. Mary in Kinsale wants to know: Can she cut her red robin now? And somebody else is asking the same question because their red robin has gone very overgrown and it's gone too tall, and trying to cut it back. Red robin, I think, Photinia red robin, it's, it's an evergreen shrub, but it's a lovely shrub grown as an individual specimen or even grown as a hedge. But I think it's a really, really lovely shrub because the new growth is, is the lovely kind of bright red with the dark green background. If it's well kept, I think it's really nice if it's well kept and well maintained. If it's allowed to get leggy and woody and lanky, I don't think it's a lovely shrub. Um, so you do need to maintain it. You do need to cut it back. So the answer to both questions is, is yes, you can cut them back. Um, and now is kind of the time, we're nearly in the time of the year. March, I would say, is probably the best time of the year to do it. Uh, end of February onwards, just just when the re- risk of cold is is. I'm not going to say gone, but decreasing um, the risk of low temperatures. So I would say in March, you can cut it, you can cut them back quite hard. However, like with all evergreen shrubs, you can't remove all the foliage, Tris. So if there's, um, if the, for the one that's kind of gone lanky and top heavy, um, you remove as much of it as you want, but just make sure you are leaving some foliage on the branches below where you prune. And then if that, if you, if that doesn't allow you to prune it hard enough, what it means is it will green up lower down the stems then during the summer and you can cut it back a bit harder then later on in the summer. Okay, uh, this, uh, Jim and Clonakilty, I know we, they, we touched on this last week with um, ashes from the fire. Uh, Jim wants to know, are, would ashes from the fire be of any benefit for a lawn? Well, the, the yes and no in that I wouldn't pour, I wouldn't put ashes on the lawn because uh, they could just end up. What I'm trying to say, you know, they, they might be too heavy to apply directly onto the lawn. But I would certainly mix it into maybe a compost that I might put as a top dressing on the lawn, if you know what I mean. If you're going to put them directly on the lawn, first of all, it should only be wood ash, of course, not coal, anything like that, just wood ash. 
Um, so if, you, if you're spreading it on the lawn, make sure it's dry and not wet. Because you know what, what I'm trying to avoid is, what I would be anxious to avoid is that you put on and it becomes a sodden mess on top of the, the grass, which wouldn't be good for, for the grass. But <coughs> excuse me, the potash element and the potassium element would help with the root development of the grass. But if you're putting it on too heavy, it'll just you know, suffocate the grass. So make sure it's a fine dry day uh, and the ashes are fine and dry, which they will be. Uh, and and I would still err on the side of putting it into the compost bin. But if you did want to just spread it straight on the lawn, do it very, very lightly. Okay. Uh, Benny has a <coughs> holly tree that again, like the, like the, it was a breather earlier, still has berries, but it's starting to drop its leaves. It's never done that before. It could be, I don't want to jump to conclusions, it could be holly leaf blight, right, which is a fungal problem. But uh, my own holly is losing a lot of its leaves too at the moment, uh, and it's still in berry. I don't think it's holly leaf blight. I think it could be, (laughs) to give it a technical answer, just one of those things. Um, I think evergreens do always shed leaves. Like They're not like deciduous plants, which, you know, sheds them all in one go during one specific season of autumn. Evergreens are constantly dropping some leaves. My holly certainly looks like it's dropping more than normal now and has been for the last month. I have looked at it. There doesn't seem to be any big sign of dieback or leaf blight. It's possible that it could be. Uh, but I think the long-winded answer to the question, it's going to be a question of just wait and see. I think it'll probably be okay. Um the fact that it's losing a few leaves now, I wouldn't be overly concerned by that. But if it continues to do that during the summer and you start seeing black spots or anything like that on the leaves, uh, well, then you know you're, you're in a bit of trouble. OK. And before we let you go, I know you touched on this last week. You've got that wonderful um, Snowdrop Garden event uh, that you want to remind us of. It's this weekend, yes, isn't it? Yes, yes, this yes. Sunday. Oh, I just, I, I had it up on the screen. Yeah, no, it's not me. It's the, the people in Bandon Garden Centre, DJ and Gerard down there. There's a fabulous Snowdrop Open Day in the 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 gorgeous bright park cottage in calumny it's this saturday the 18th from 11 a.m to 5 they're doing teas and coffees and light refreshments there's plant sales antique sales and a raffle but most of all you get to see the the fabulous bulb displays and snowdrops down there so i would and it's an all in aid of course of cuh the cancer charity i think in cuh so uh for, for any inquiries i would get on to bandon garden center and they they'd be only too happy to to advise i imagine and there's nothing like snowdrops i think they're the most gorgeous little flowers they really are this time of the year, kind of the first of all of them to come into bloom. They really, really are a kind of a portent of what's to come. OK, and happy Valentine's Day to you. Did you, did you give yourself flowers? Are you into giving bunches of flowers as a gardener? I better be very careful now how I answer this. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's not an advantage being a gardener. <laughs> oh, is it not? So <laughs> we do celebrate Valentine's Day, put it that way. OK, all right, we will leave it at that. Well, happy Valentine's Day and thanks for joining and us. And to you, Trish. Uh, good morning and to you. you. That is uh, Peter Dowdell, the irishgardener.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.